I'm reading from the 8th chapter of Paul's letter to the church at Rome. Romans 8, beginning with verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, will He not with Him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to the slaughtered, to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. For those of you who were here two weeks ago, You may remember that I asked you a question during the sermon. I asked you, what is that thing in your life that you did, said, or thought that haunts you the most? The thing that you wish you could go back and blot it out. The thing that you wish you could hide forever and no one would ever know about. Do you remember what you thought about? And for those of you who weren't there, I ask you the same question. What is there in your life? What thing that you would be mortified for someone to learn about? What thing that you hide? What thing haunts you before you fall asleep? What thing keeps your breath locked in your throat? 
And we thought about that and then we celebrated the truth that Paul handed us. That in Christ there is now no condemnation for us. Because Jesus suffered in our place. And through baptism we are joined to that suffering. Then we suffer for His glory. And the things that come to us to harm us and to hurt us, to scare us, the things that we do to ourselves, to others, and all the things that haunt us in our sleep or in those dark moments when we're alone. All of those things, Jesus put to death on the cross already. They stand condemned, but we will not. And that's good news for all of us, because all of us have a skeleton in the closet at home. Things that we don't want other people to know about. And we receive that good news that there is now no condemnation for us who are in Christ, who are baptized into Christ, who have faith in Christ. We are not under God's condemnation. And then last week we heard Paul tell us that we haven't been given a spirit of slavery to fall back into thinking that we got to get everything right from here on out. Because that creates fear in us. I know I'm not condemned now, preacher, but what if I mess up next week? Is God going to give up on me? Is God going to throw me away? Is God going to move on? Is God going to decide God doesn't love me anymore? And we heard Paul tell us that we've been given a spirit of childship, of adoption, of sonship and daughtership, that we who are in Christ have been made Christ's brothers and sisters and therefore children of God. So we need not fall back into fear of the big swatting hand of God squashing us like a bug. Someone told me one time that they liked the way I did children's sermons because they grew up their whole life thinking that God was an angry old white man with a big beard and a lightning bolt in his hand. How about we stop perpetuating that myth, church? God has in God's hand the desire to offer us freedom from our sense of self-condemnation, from our sense of self-fear and loathing ourselves for the things that we have done. And not only that, Paul says, you cannot separate yourself from God's love just by being stupid and doing something you knew was wrong in the first place. Don't misunderstand, Paul. You can turn your back on Christ. He's told people that before. You can walk away, but you cannot make God stop loving you. You're included in that list of all creation that can't do that. I wonder if you heard that list clearly that he read. They're all the things that we just sung about. All the things that we said, Lord, in the midst of all this, in the midst of death, in the midst of life, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of nakedness, in the midst of peril, in the midst of sword, and all the craziness that fills our 6 and 11 o'clock news. Lord, in the midst of that, stand by us. And Paul's resounding affirmation to us as he does. Stand by us. We are not alone. We will not be left alone to suffer on our own. We will not be left alone to wallow around in the mud and the muck of this world thinking that this is all there is. There's a greater hope. There is therefore no condemnation there for us. There is no fear for us. And there is no separating us from the love of Christ Jesus. None. Nothing we think. Nothing we do. 
Nothing we think about ourselves. Nothing we throw at ourselves. Nothing we hurt ourselves with. Can cause Christ Jesus not to love us. And Paul hints at a fourth piece of good news in there. He wants us to realize that the one who is going to judge us is not us. The one who is going to judge us is not our neighbor. The one who is going to judge us is the Christ Jesus who sits at the right hand of God because He died for us. Nothing can separate us. At the risk of thinking that means you can go out today and do whatever you want to, don't do that. That's turning your back on Him. But dear ones, for those who are in Christ, who want Christ to be Lord of their lives, who want to live answerable to their baptism, who want to be in Christ and follow after faith, the promise of God to us today is that we cannot, nor anything else in this world, and not even death, can separate us from God. And that's good news. That might be the best news ever. Because what we were afraid of from condemnation was the death that comes from sin. What we were afraid of, are, do we, are we enslaved to getting everything right? Is that we know we can't get it right. And so at the end, the cap, the final thing Paul gives us is everything's covered. If someone comes to Paul and says, Paul, what about my cancer? Will it separate me from God? Paul's answer is no. If someone comes and says, Paul, what about my divorce? Will it separate me from God? Paul's answer is no. If someone comes and says, Paul, what about that thing I did last weekend that nobody knows about? Will it separate me from God? Paul's answer is no. And his call is the same as the Lord Jesus. Repent, be baptized, enter into Christ, and you will be saved. And He holds out before us that our baptism and our faith include us in a bond that is unbreakable by us and by anything in creation. And so He can say with confidence that when God foreknew that we would receive the Christ, He gave the Christ. The Christ came. Even though some would not receive Him, God still loved us enough to give the Christ to die for us to be raised for us because He knew that some would respond and those He will preserve to glory against anything this world has to offer. Against any amount of hatred we have for ourselves or hatred the world has for us. I like Winnie the Pooh memes. Those little things people put on Facebook. I discovered that the one that has the ugly word isn't in it isn't real. What actually was said in there, if you've seen that thing, that's great. You'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you can find it on your own. I'm not going to tell you what it says. But in it, it's, it has um, Piglet asked Pooh, Pooh, what day is it? And Pooh said, well, it's today. And Piglet says, oh, it's my favorite day. What Paul wants us to know is that we can live in this life now, in this moment today, in peace, knowing that there's no condemnation for us, there's no fear for us, and there will be no separation from God for us. That everything that had the appearance of being able to destroy us no longer has that power. There's another one, another Pooh and Piglet thing where Piglet asked Pooh, he says, suppose a tree, Pooh, when we were underneath it, fell. Suppose a tree fell, Pooh, while we were underneath it. And Pooh answers him, suppose it didn't. 
Our question to God is, suppose you condemn me. Suppose you can't forgive what I've done. Suppose the waters of baptism don't work for me. Suppose your Spirit can't redeem me. Suppose I can't be forgiven for who I've been and what I've done. And God's answer to us through Paul this morning is suppose it is all true. What difference would that make for you today? For Lila Fayette begins her walk as a child of Christ when she comes in just a moment to be baptized. For some of you who've never been baptized, this could be your call to talk to me about that. And let's start you down that road. For some of you who've forgotten your baptism, who don't take Martin Luther's words to heed and remember you're baptized every time you wash your face, there's an opportunity for you today to come to this font during the final hymn. And our lay leader, Sarah Passmore, will be standing here waiting to mark you with water and tell you to remember your baptism and be thankful. Why not come today and reclaim the promises made for you in your baptism? There is no condemnation for you. There is no fear for you. And dear ones, there's no separation for you. That is the fullness of the good news we celebrate today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.